Welcome to episode 71 of the RXP podcast, where three working professionals talk about the games, movies, and TV shows they love to enjoy in our free time. I'm your host, Alex, and joining me as always are my co-hosts, Matt. What's up? And Tiffany. Hello, hello! We're back! We're back. Feels different. Also, I, I feel like I always go, what's going on? And then... I take a little break and I just lose myself. I go with, what's up? Like, really? That's my rebrand today? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a rebrand. It's a return, if you will. Because for it, today's it. episode, we'll be talking about what we've experienced since our last episode. And for returning listeners, thank you for staying with us as we resume our recording. Because we know it's been a while since we've taken a slight hiatus since our last episode 70. And if this is your first episode, thank you for tuning in. Uh, just to briefly explain why we've been on a sort of break since our last episode, you know, as stated in the intro, we're working professionals. We don't work in the entertainment industry. And we've had just a lot of hap- things happen in our lives that we had to deal with. I moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. Matt got married. Congratulations once again. Woo-woo. Which I realize I don't think I told you congratulations at your wedding. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying it, I'm saying it now. <laughs> congratulations! I All I remember is, is actually Tiffany's birthday celebration. So I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, the fun fact for the listeners out there was this is the first time Alex and I actually saw each other in real life outside of uh, Discord calls. And it was awesome. It was really good to like get the whole group together. Yasser was there. The four of us took a suspect picture together and everybody's like, why are those four people <laughs> taking a picture together? But we I knew, cannot wait to see your knew. photos. I will, yeah. I'll send you all a framed copy for Christmas. <laughs> oh my God, joking. that would be so adorable. Dude, I had to be like, everyone... This is Alex. He's my brother. He's also friends with Matt. I did not bring my brother to my friend's wedding. Literally the words that came out of my mouth. Here's the invitation. (laughs) Mailed to me. You like brought it out. You're like, this is my address. This is my invitation and this is his invitation. We were invited separately. (laughs) Proof of friendship. Also, not the same envelope. I sent them separately just so they can have this proof, you know? Anyway. Exactly. And just Enough so that me. it would cost him a little bit more postage. That's right. I'm all about spending support, money. Support USPS. Yeah. You know. And also not to leave Tiffany out, she got a new job. I did. It's like so bittersweet. Matt just put Boo. a thumbs down. So Matt and I are no longer coworkers. We were thickest thieves at work. But now we have thickest thieves outside of work. That's well, true. I mean, I guess we were we were already that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a new job, and y'all, it is work from home, and that's all I'm gonna say. That's great. I I yep. I will say, miss you in the office. We sat right next to each other. So I do miss that actually a lot. I went in I went in there and visited this past weekend because I do work part time at my old job. And mm-hmm. I went in and vandalized Matt's cubby. Yep. With this gift. Just, just was, to feel something, uh, you know? Just, just to, to feel, feel alive. Something. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're acting like you broke in. 
Listen, oh, that office had we had some great times in that office. We really did. We really did. Yeah. Yeah. Very different now. Very different. But I'm happy for you. All happy things. Thank you so much. Yo, Matt brought up gifts. And what a great segue in that for today's episode, we're going to give you, the listeners, the gift <laughs> of our recommended experiences. <laughs> that, what a segue. <laughs> that we've experienced it. during our hiatus. And you know, these will it. hopefully, yeah, these will hopefully be the, t- the tippy top top experiences and also the the lowest experiences you know the things we're going to recommend that you probably should stay away from mm-hmm. might not be the greatest thing you know we took the hit for you we burned our precious free time for you and there's mm-hmm. probably something else better out there for you to uh, use your free time on yourself and so Hanoki. i want to i want i'm going to kick things off and I'm going to start off on the sour note. So I'm, we're, this is going to be kind of a mix mix of things. We're not going to go in order of like, here are the recommended things, here are the no, not recommended things. But yeah. I want to start off with the thing I most feel strongly about. And that is the thing I do not recommend currently. And unfortunately, that is Fall Guys. Really? Oh, so, dang. Wow. So right now we are in season two of the free to play, you know, era of Fall Guys, right? So there's no barrier to entry anymore. You can play it on any platform. It's on Xbox now. It's on Switch. It's on PC. It's on PlayStation. And the the main problem I've been having, it's not just to say, you know, they went to this battle pass format. You know, the grind is there, right? You gotta be playing every day, doing your daily challenges, your weekly challenges, if you want to get these cosmetic items. But the, the biggest problem is is the fact that despite there used to being so many rounds in this game, right, Matt's favorite OnlyFans, you know, stuff like mm. that, Tiffany's favorite, Hexagon, no, just kidding, Tiptoe, <laughs> her favorite round. Yeah. What feels like there should be, you know, hundreds of rounds at this point, like over 100. Mm-hmm. I've now consistently played for the past two to three weeks, and I feel like there's only maybe like 20 rounds in rotation. Like you see the same 20 just over and over again. I've seen OnlyFans, and that's not the actual name of the round. It's called Big Fans, uh, just for clarity purposes. (laughs) Uh, I've seen it maybe twice, and that's maybe out of, let's say, 100, 200 rounds I've played. And so I I don't know what's going on with the game. But despite the fact that before we've had so much fun on like with this game, right? In the past we brought it up on previous episodes, right now is not a good time to play it. I think it it needs time to sort out bugs because I think a lot the reason a lot of the rounds are gone are due to bugs. So definitely Mediatonic needs to step up, fix their game. I really don't recommend it right now. You know, unless you want to dress up as the alien from Alien because that's one of the current battle pass skins. But besides that, you know, stay away. Mm. Do you think that the battle pass changes? Because now it's a lot harder, right, to get through the battle pass. I, I think you told me that because I, I haven't really played any of it. Uh, yes, yeah, so think comp- that compared to season one, it's a little harder. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's just like less dopamine because you're like not increasing levels as much, so the grind just feels a little bit more grindy? If that makes any sense. I don't think it's the scaling because it does peter off. So they added like scaling between levels. So the grind, like it is a little bit more grindy than the first season. But this is probably a bigger issue that I don't want to get into now. Mm-hmm. 
because I feel like it could be a topic within and of itself. But I think maybe just the fact that it went free to play affected mm-hmm. the quality of the game. Mostly, right? Because there's no more barrier to entry, you can get anybody that wants to play this on any platform that are ranging skill factors, right? That aren't like they, there isn't the $20 barrier. And so, you know, not to say that there's kids playing this game because it's obviously a kid oriented game with how it's designed, but sometimes, especially if you play the team modes, the squad based modes, it's very likely you're not going to get that great teammates. And when mm-hmm. there are challenges that require you to do it in certain modes, it kind of feels bad when you get those squad-based challenges and you don't have a squad to gear up with. So it's 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 a struggle there, especially if you don't have other people to squad up with. Yeah, because one that's very, very similar to that for me, that's a pretty huge negative, which I, I knew was going to be negative. I've talked about it in the past, is Overwatch 2. I, I, you know how much it has burned me in the past. A very toxic environment, not a very fun place, especially when you're losing. Played a little bit. Uh, Yasser and I played a little bit on Xbox. Had fun, honestly, but the battle pass is like not happening. It's way too expensive. It's not something that I ever want to do. It it takes forever to get any sort of cosmetic and. In any anything really um it makes me miss loot boxes like honestly it makes me miss loot boxes which i didn't think that i would say and i i feel like that's not going to be a unique take like i think that at least for me a lot of my friends that played overwatch one are not going back to overwatch 2 and i don't know if it's because it's free to play that they need to make their money in another way i have no idea but i don't know not not been a fan not been a fan since it since it released I'm surprised you could even get any matches in. I'm just kidding. I heard all that hubbub about the release day that no one could oh, yeah. actually play the game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No that, shade was that Overwatch. On, was that on PC only? Or I have no idea, actually. But I had no problem with that. And honestly, oh, okay. like it was fun when we got there. And like even we played some of uh, the Modern Warfare 2 beta. That was really fun, which we decided not, not to get that either. But um, I don't know. It just... I don't know. It turned very sweaty, very, very quick. And I was like, oh, that's right. This is why I don't like playing this game anymore. <laughs> I hear you. I'm not about it. All right. Who wants to go next? Who wants to move on from my saltiness? I mean, I just have a, a lot of high highs these past six months. I don't have anything that I'm like, get this out of your radar mm-hmm. because it's garbage. Mm-hmm. All right, then let's go you know? on cuz uh, really Fall Guys is my saltiest low, so. Okay. So I went to Disney World. Nice. <laughs> and um specifically I went to Epcot and I really want to shout out this game or this ride, I was going to say game, but this mm-hmm. experience 100 100% recommend the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind roller coaster at Epcot that just opened up this year. And let me tell you, it was amazing. This roller coaster, I love roller coasters and I love Disney. And this was a magic melding of Marvel Guardians and a roller coaster experience. And so um, in, I think of all the Disney roller coasters, Space Mountain or Hyperspace Mountain might be my favorite roller coaster, but Cosmic Rewind is a lot better. Hmm. Uh, you kind of get this like interactive experience when you get in, and then the whole 
theme is that you need to escape in like a pod. And so you get into this roller coaster that apparently cycles through like six different rock and roll tracks. So every time you ride is a different song. Nice. Or like, I don't know that like you would technically get it every different time. You know, it's like every iteration of, yeah, it's randomized. Right. And you get this rock and roll song and it's, they chose these songs because it's timed to match the momentum and turns and stuff with Mm. the roller coaster. And it's not pitch black on the inside because space mountain is just, for those who haven't ridden that before, it's you're in space. So it's dark and there's no lights or anything. Sometimes at Disneyland hyperspace mountain, will overlay Star Wars like videos and stuff or like imagery in the darkness. Uh, So sometimes you have that. But in general, it's just like you're speeding through like a pitch black like situation. But in Cosmic Rewind, there's like fake star. Like there's basically it looks like you're in the stars. So there's like lights everywhere. But then at one point, it looks like you're like. I don't, actually, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it because I was really surprised <laughs> when stuff was happening. But just know that this roller coaster is it. And wait. I woke up at 6.50 in the morning to make sure that I got into the virtual queue. Because they're doing virtual queues. I got into mm. a virtual queue for that ride. And it was fantastic. I, I 100% recommend it. Now, is it kind of like so, Aerosmith? Where it's kind of like the the rock and roller coaster? You know what I'm talking about? So, you know, I know. I totally know what you're talking about. And I think the only similarities between those two is that it's fast and there's a rock and roll song. Okay. Uh, but there's more movement with the Cosmic Rewind. Gotcha. Like, basically, you guys, your seat doesn't just go forwards or backwards. It, like, I wouldn't say it's like a teacup, oh. but you're, like, you're, like, twisting and turning. Yikes. In that thing. So, I mean, apparently a lot of people do get motion sick on this particular <laughs> ride. I did not. Okay. Um, but let's I, be I, honest here. If you're if you get motion sick, I don't know if you should be riding roller coasters in the first place. That's good true. Point, good point. Th- that's good. That's a good point. Yep. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's like that's what makes it so unique of all the different roller coasters. So that was really fun. Um, but a game that I want to shout out that I thought was like a great time and not that expensive and is supported outside its initial release is Escape Academy. So I love escape rooms and I thought Escape Academy was really fun. It was made by Coin Crew Games and they apparently kind of pivoted during the pandemic. They they used to make escape rooms in real life and then you know during the pandemic that kind of got hard to have escape rooms for a while for safety concerns and so they turned to the video game medium. And honestly, this is the best escape room game that I have played. Or, sorry, the best video game version of an escape room that I've ever played. And I loved it. I played it with Alex. We did it co-op. And it was a great time. I I was actually solving puzzles that Mm -hmm. felt like a real escape room puzzles. And, you know, there was only one puzzle that I thought was really obtuse uh, that we needed to use clues for. But, you know, I feel like every once in a while you hit a room that has an obtuse puzzle and you're like what the hell was even that about Mm -hmm. um but yeah great great game and i'm so excited the next um i think the first dlc like pack or whatever comes out in november 
Yeah, so like this coming Friday or like this coming Friday when this releases is yeah. when, it, when it comes out. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because yeah. it's during the scene around God of War. Because so I started. I, was like, I started to text Jay because Gerald, friend of the show, uh, he and I did co-op on Xbox because it's. Yeah. Uh, is it on game? I think it's a Game Pass. I think I'm okay. I yeah, it's so, on Game Pass, yeah. which is why we we played it there, um, but loved it i started to text him and then i realized god of war was coming out and i was like maybe i shouldn't commit to escape academy just yet because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i might want some me time with some god of war ragnarok um, yeah i hear you but honestly that's it's one of my favorite games this year escape academy it is so good the only time we used a hint um there was one time where jay accidentally hit the hint button because i don't know what it was on playstation but on xbox it was just like the a button it never asked are you sure it just like gave you a hint Um, so that was a bummer when that happened but then there was one weird thing that we had to get a hint for because we were just like we're about to drown we just couldn't figure it out and we're like looking around everywhere later one yeah um but it was so much fun like we were just we were going wild for this like it was one of those things where we both worked the next day and it was like 11 o'clock 12 o'clock it was like that last level comes up and we're like what do you think yeah. And we're like let's do it and we were up until like one or two like playing that game we got the plant or you know the 100 percent on xbox and it was so good i'm so excited because they won't have dlc this this november but then they have other dlc in the spring like i love yeah. this this is amazing and i think you only have to buy the season pass like extra like you don't have to buy each one individually so really pumped about that really really pumped loved it yeah i i think yeah i, I immediately bought the, i even i listen i like heard such good things about it that i bought the season pass before i even booted before? the OG game oh wow yeah i was literally i was like i know i think i'm gonna love this and then alex was like we haven't even played the game yet and i was like well we're gonna play it tomorrow and then i'll figure out if i regret my decision or not but like spoiler anyone, i did not regret it <laughs> if anyone this was going to hit it would be you like you yeah. are the escape room extraordinaire like you love that stuff so um such a good game i i wish there was more games like this like i feel like we got a little bit yes. with um what was that spy game that we all played tango yeah um project operation project tango, tango? Oh, operation. operation tango yeah, yeah. <laughs> we loved it we <laughs> it really made a lasting impact on us um it takes two game, to tango it takes two to tango <laughs> yeah. that's what it is oh it takes two yeah still gotta get on that um <laughs> But Operation Tango, Escape Academy, like these games are so, so interesting. What did you think about you and Alex working together, but you being able to see Alex's screen? What did you guys think about that? Dude, that is a great question. I, Alex one time yelled at me or he was like, why are you looking at my screen? And I was like, so I can see it. Like, um, I, I. I have mixed feelings about it. Mm-hmm. I liked it when it was helpful. Yeah. It, and that's where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> it was like a quality was, of life improvement, right? It could be a crutch, though. I will say that. That's, that's true. Alex, what did you think? 
Yeah, I guess the way some of the puzzles were designed, it, it was just more of a shortcut to say, you know, as long as the person, the other person was looking at the thing you needed, they didn't necessarily need to verbalize it to you. So it's like a way of saying, well, if I'm a visual learner, you know, if it's mm-hmm. easier for me to see something, then maybe that's just a way of also getting around to say, maybe the person's not describing it to me the way I would think it would be described. So I could just look at it, vice versa. You know, I can't. Mm-hmm or I, I want to hear them say it, so looking at it doesn't help me really. And so I think it's a weird way, not to say it was intentional or not, but since there was kind of an option, I guess, to say, oh, in this scenario, it's going to be uh, mm-hmm. something that enables me to just understand it, or uh, in another way, it just kind of renders the other person as useless, you know, besides the fact that they're looking at it on their screen. But I think it's fine. I, I don't think it really got in the way of any solutions or anything. I think. I mean. Oh, go ahead, Tiffany. Oh, well, I was just gonna say sometimes it was helpful because I was like, "Wait, what? It go turn around, like go back there, like oh yeah, yeah, look at that thing, and then read it to me, and read it. You know what I mean? Like I felt like that helped, you know, because yeah. like I'm like I think that has to do with the thing I'm looking at now, and blah blah blah. See, but Tiffany's coming at it from the alpha position. Like, the position of, like, telling Alex what to do. So, of course, the alpha is going to love this. Because I, too, was in the alpha position. And I was like, Jay, look at that wall. And don't you dare look away from that wall. Like, that wall is your friend. Look at it. Okay, left, right, up, right, left. Like, putting in the code. Um, And I feel like there were some times he was probably just, like, putting his controller, texting someone. You know, like, whatever he was doing. Um, And I think... And I might be wrong on this. I think that they came out and said that that was going to be an option. They were they were going to put it in a patch to where you can turn that off potentially. So we might play around with that because I think it's just fun. Like when we were doing Operation Tango, we we both or all three of us played together. And there's those moments where you're just like, it's the left, but then you have to realize that the focus was different for both people. And so you had to like orient each other. It's like, okay, it's yeah. left of blue. It's right of blue. It's across from blue. Like you you lose those like golden moments where it's like you really have to work on communication to where it like really, that's like the game part of it. So I kind of will, I'll play around with it if that is actually a feature that they put in. That's true. And then, you know, to be fair, like, Whenever I do an escape room in real life, my team and I like will go in the room and we're like yelling like, I have a clock over here. There's three locks. And then someone's like, I have a piece of paper. And like, and we all stop and like listen, like read the paper. And then we go back to like, I found a photo. Like, you know, we're just like, yeah, yeah. Legit communicating versus like, obviously I'm not like following someone around to look at what they're looking at. Cause that's just a waste of time. You what know, are you looking at locker. Alex? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we've had some lows, we had some highs. I've got something a little bit in between. I know you said not to go middling, but I will say I have a highest high and a lowest low all together, and it's called The Watcher. It's a Netflix series. It's a limited series. It is one of the best premises for a creepy series right before spooky season. This new family comes into a house, lives there, being watched by someone, it's like hit a little bit different because for the longest time, um, moving into my house, there are no blinds anywhere. Now there are blinds, but before there were no blinds, so I felt extremely oh, no. creeped out watching this. He was being Ex- watched. I like I felt like it. I felt like it. 
I will say, it's one of the best, like, first few episodes. Like, they really grab you in and really make you feel invested. But it's probably the worst endings I've ever seen in a series. And it's not one of those things where I'm like, it's to the point where I'm almost not even recommending the series altogether because it goes nowhere. Because in my opinion, it's not something that ever lands and I, I feel like it's almost like a waste of time. So if I were to teeter anyway, I would say probably not. If you want to pass on this, you sure can. Because if you got excited by that premise, that's as much as excitement you're going to get. Um, you're not really going to get any solid answers, which like makes me, it makes the experience feel a little bit empty, not going to lie. Uh, so if you see it, if you want to still watch it, go for it. But I probably would pass if I were you. Have you guys watched that or seen it? No, because I don't really like the idea. I don't like stalker shows. Mm. Um, and so that kind of gave me that vibe. And like, was there something about it being potentially like based off a true story? Yes, it is based on a true story. Yeah. And like, I don't need that in my life. You know, like that's I mean, I when it's creepy that it could actually happen creepy mm-hmm. like i i can't handle that yeah. you know if someone's like you know horror movie with a ghost i'm like well i don't really believe in ghosts so it's like whatever mm-hmm. so like i can you know deal with that but like potentially some person is watching and your movements and like keeping track of your day-to-day yeah. and and creeping you out about it like i'm like no thank you i don't need that yeah it, it definitely adds an extra layer of fear knowing that any of this could happen at any time and it did like it did happen to this family and um which that's immediately what pulled me in i feel like if i hear it's a true story it gives it so much backing in my mind i'm like well i gotta see what happened i I gotta see what happens but anyway that's true you can pass well actually for this one though like is the ending like similar to what happened in real life or did they change it like do you know it is similar in a lot okay. of ways, um, which okay. I think is why maybe it's not as satisfying as, as satisfying. a story. Yeah, okay. it's just like you you try to figure this whole thing out of knowing who is going to be watching you. There's all these different, you know, conversations that happen, all these loose ends. And my request for any story is that loose ends actually get revisited and like close closure for all of these little happenings that happen and it probably does that the least out of any show i've ever watched like almost every single storyline didn't have closure to it and i'm just like what was there a missing episode like there was only seven episodes maybe like there was an eighth episode in there <laughs> that just explains what happens um but yeah maybe it's just one of those like up to your interpretation but i don't know not a huge fan fair so you you had the low. You also said you had a high. Oh, well, I was kind of saying that it was the high of the beginning of that. But I have another high oh, that I can talk about. It was about. simultaneously a high Simultaneous, and a low. yeah. Like one of the best yeah. starts, but one of the worst endings. And I feel like the ending was just stronger. So I would say more on the low side. Um, okay. One thing I mean, that yeah, I will say. Definitely when it falls farther, it feels a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. One thing that has been one of my highs, um, game like my gaming this year has been super top heavy. I feel like the games that I played earlier in the year are games that I still think about 
on the daily. And we're probably going to be talking about it when we have our top six at the end of this year. A lot of these games that you know I'm going to be talking about. But there was a small game that released during our hiatus that has absolutely infiltrated my top six. And I hope it's still there by the end of it. And it's called Tinykin. This game is adorable. It has beautiful art direction. It is the basic premise is you are a tiny person in a big world and you are finding collectibles and you're talking to NPCs and you're doing all these things. And it is basically like a Pikmin like, but you don't have to do any sort of resource management. You pick up these tiny kin that are these tiny creatures that pick up things for you. They do things for you. They make themselves into objects to help you collect other things. All these things is to make sure that you just collect everything and do all the side quests and, and find all the secrets everywhere. And it is a collectathon lover's dream. Like it is, if you're into collectathons, if you're into just a simple but classic, like good time, you should check it out. It's on Game Pass. So if you have it, grab it. Obvious. It's so good. But even if not, it's like 20 bucks maybe. Maybe. I don't even know if it's even 20 bucks. It might even be 15. It could be 25. I'm not sure. But I would pick it up because it's a you know indie dev and I really love what they're doing and I would love for a tiny Kintu. I would love for that same style with maybe just a little bit more complexity. You know, I think the, the lack of complexity makes it not an Elden Ring killer for me. But I think that it is one of the games that if you're looking for a small experience like eight to 12 hours to complete it all the way and enjoy every minute of those hours, go for it. It's so good. So, so good. I, I honestly think both of you would really like it. So Alex mentioned that game to me, but I really don't care for the look of the tiny kin because they look like tiny Mike Wazowski's mm-hmm. or they're like little cyclopses. Mm-hmm. So like just having all these little eyeball, like singular eyeball creatures following you around i was just like what is this i I, so i think it's it's cute like the art style in itself is really cute you the tinykins are very small so i don't think you're going to be like doing too many close-ups on tinykin if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah yeah so me i mean you know what when it goes on sale i'll check it out if if this is if this is on your top six here's my thing kana which had adorable little creatures. Don't uh, bring, don't bring Kana up. Don't bring whatever Kana they're up called. House. Yeah, Rot. adorable rots. Rot. That's what it was. Yeah, what a great name for your minions, <laughs> Kana and the Rot. Oh, <laughs> um, loved it. That Sorry. game, I think, was way more polished. It had cuter little creatures, but I would play Tiny Ken a thousand times over Kana Bridge of Spirits. That's all I'll say. Wow. That's all I'll say. You guys should you should guys play it. I mean, I guess, you know, Kana is the most PS2 game to have come out this generation. That's so. true. And but now we're living in twenty twenty two now, you know? But now we it's tiny kin time. <laughs> yes, now it's tiny kin time. I'll keep it on the radar. It definitely was something that looked interesting, but I was kinda in this like you know, gaming funk where I wasn't like really looking to start something new, but definitely it'll, it'll mm-hmm. stay with me. You know, that I'll get to it probably at some point. So I actually have a high high that is a hot take for Matt, but 
you know, we've been Marvel fans have been like thriving um, this year with all the shows that have been coming out. And I love, love and adore She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. And I know the ending didn't hit as well for Matt, but I I loved it. I loved how quick and snappy the show was. It was really funny. She-Hulk is basically in her 30s trying to live her life and not be a superhero or like trying to deal with the fact that she's now a superhero. And at the same time, breaking the fourth wall and like having little adventures and like very quick show, nine episodes, like sitcom style, half hour episodes, mix of having after credit scenes, some not. Um, it it was a really fun time for me. I very much enjoyed it. There's so many jokes in there that I still like really adore. There was this one character that I feel like in all intents and purposes, I shouldn't have liked at all because I thought she would be annoying. It's this character named Madison. Uh, where she spells her name with two N's and a Y, but not where you think. And she was hysterical. That character was really funny. And I think the fans have really kind of grasped onto her as well. Um, and I enjoyed her. And in, I feel like in any other instance, I would have thought she was just an annoying party girl. And I would not have mm-hmm. been a fan. But now I'm all about her and all the memes that have come out is great. And then honestly, all the cameos in this show have been fantastic and i'm not gonna lie what like when i heard disney plus was going to the marvel show territory i honestly thought that the the cameo caliber was gonna be as high as she hulks but none of them have ever matched it and like i just really loved that and i and i laughed out loud several times and i really looked forward to an episode each week Mm -hmm. and the last i thought the finale like my jaw dropped and i at like halfway through and I was like I was here for it it was great would would you say that She-Hulk is the best like Marvel IP to come out this year so far compared to stuff like Miss Marvel Thor Doctor Strange you know what we're recording this before Wakanda Forever right so 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 far so far so far I'm actually I'm gonna say yes I'm going to say She-Hulk is actually my number two Marvel, favorite Marvel show now. Like, I I love it. I, that might be the same answer for me, but I think it says more about what I feel about the rest of Marvel versus, like, the strength of She-Hulk. And that's just a personal thing, and I feel like some people are in Tiffany's camp and some are in mine. Um, I, I liked She-Hulk. I felt very in the middle, like I do with most Marvel shows, I feel like. And I was like, Tiffany was like, let me know when you finish the finale. I was like, okay. And I'm like, I hope she nails the ending because the whole show in general was really good. Like, I think it was tasteful fourth wall breaking. It was funny. It could also be serious. Had direct ties, actually had some sort of influence to the MCU as a whole. But then the finale, it was, it just turned it to the extreme. And maybe Tiffany really enjoyed the extreme. I just didn't. I just like did not. Like the fourth wall did not, it was not working for me at all. I was, my jaw dropped in the middle of it, but not in a good way. Like it was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Am I watching (laughs) this right now? I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) 
And then I, I felt like I was having to tell my kid that Santa's not real when I told Tiffany that I didn't like the finale. She just like sent an it emoji was- that was like crying. What? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of was like that. Yeah, it's like, really I'm sorry, I ate those cookies, not Santa. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what? And the carrots too, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. But... I'm happy that you really liked it. I think that Wakanda Forever is going to blow it out of the water and will be the defining MCU moment of 2022. And I'm so pumped. So, so pumped. I mean, we got our tickets. Which I'm... is also next week, right? Yes. Nice. It is next Thursday. Excellent. Uh, we're dating the recording, the thing that I, par- I hate, but apparently don't hate anymore. But yeah. yeah. We are, it's called character development. Yeah. <laughs> This is the growth that's happened through yeah, the hiatus. You know. Um, but yeah, we're seeing it Thursday, November 10th. Nice. I'm I'm stoked for nice. it. You know, speaking of Marvel, the, the other thing I want to mention for today's episode is something that Matt has mentioned that he has gone into. And I, I, this isn't a high high for me, but it's definitely kind of like middle high. You know, it's something I, like it's I recommend. High over a lot of other things especially in this space and that is marvel snap yes so for those of for those of you that don't know marvel snap is the new marvel card game that's currently right now only on mobile but they will come out with the pc version eventually so you will be able to play on your computer you don't need to play on your phone but it is a 12 the the uh, the way I frame it is it is a very good like introductory game for like deck builders. And I and by deck builders I mean kind of more competitive deck builders. So, you know, you're playing against other people, you build a twelve card deck, right? So very small compared to other card games. Oh, that is and there's small. and there's only six rounds. So potentially and you know, some of the cards have different effects, but you only play six cards in a game. So of the, you know, and obviously there are effects that will allow you to play more or less cards, you know, depending upon what happens in the match. But I think because of how small the deck is, how unimposing that requirement is to be able to put together 12 cards, and also with how fast games are, because the games typically last five minutes at most, right? You don't get a lot of time to take your turns, and there's only six turns in a game. That I'd say, if you are interested in card games, but you're not too interested enough to want to get into things like Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon or Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering. I think Marvel Snap fits that nice middle ground where it doesn't ask too much of you. And so I recommend it just based on the fact that it it's that nice beginner's card game. I like can't believe like I honestly I didn't come with like a list of like my highest highs or lowest lows. I was just trying to think through things. And of course the highest high that's literally happening right now like have played multiple matches today i wow. didn't even think about it is so good i i i love it like i'm kind of addicted to it honestly like i'm doing it like oh okay um you know my coffee is grinding in the morning and i'm like pouring water or whatever and i'll just like start a game and and just kind of like look at the tiles and think through my next steps and like do it when my person, you know, wakes up on the other end and finally plays, you know, like whatever. But I am loving this. And I'm not a card person. I'm I'm not, like historically not a card person. Slay the Spire changed that a little this year. I 
kind of want to give Inscription a try, but... I think you're turning into a card person, sir. I might be. I mean, you... I might be. You, you might have found... Mar- Marvel's Midnight Suns. And this is what I was talking about, Alex. <laughs> and, like, maybe that was a game that I was not even considering. I was not even considering getting Marvel Midnight Suns because I was like, oh, it's a deck builder. Goodbye. See you later. Can't wait to hear about it from Tiffany and Alex. But that is not <laughs> for me. But now... I'm thinking about it, like, because of Marvel Snap. And I don't know if that is by design, but this game, which is free, like, you can you could pay for the season pass, like, why would you? But you could, because it's basically only cosmetics that you're getting. Um, it's so good. It's, like, very low barrier of entry, and I am just having the best time, and it is so, so good. I think, it wasn't it somebody, like, a dev from Hearthstone is making it? Yeah, so one of the former directors of Hearthstone, he directed the game for, I think, five years, Mm -hmm. left Blizzard to form this studio that now developed this game. So this is their first game after leaving uh, Blizzard. And actually, a lot of the devs that are working on Marvel Snap worked on Hearthstone. So a lot of that DNA is still there. And that's a great segue to say, and not to, you know, really push it, but... If you like Marvel Snap, I would say try out Hearthstone, you know, just today. And that's even dating the podcast even more. They announced that Hearthstone's getting a new class. So the way that Hearthstone plays is there's different classes that are reflective of the classes in World of Warcraft. And so they just announced for the next expansion, the Death Knight class, which probably most people are aware of Death Knight, at least from WoW, is finally being added to Hearthstone. So it's something to say if you like Marvel Snap. It's something that interests you, gets you into deck building. Hearthstone is just that next step up. You can easily also play it for free. It's a free-to-play game. You know, ignore all the talks about people to say, oh, it's pay-to-win or whatever. You know, you can still have fun with the game without having to pay anything. So, I, like, Marvel Snap sounds so tempting, like, to me. But I'm... I, I Do basically it. can't. Like I'm Do refusing. It. No, it's because literally the timing. It's literally the timing. This game. Well, this game. Fun fact came out on like officially released on my birthday. Wow. So it already had that going for me. I was wow. like, oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. I was like, hold the phone, <laughs> Tiffany. That game. You what? are one of the biggest Marvel fans. This game, <laughs> which is historically a class of games that you enjoy quite a bit. It's Marvel theme released on your birthday, and you're like, I'm sorry. Not today. I, I can't deal with you. Literally, I could see myself getting into it. If Matt, if Matt, Matt, if what? you're into it, I'm going to be into it. And I can't afford that right now because yes, there's so much coming up. Because there's no, only, it, the, the games are only <laughs> two to three minutes. And now I'm at the point where I wait until all my daily challenges come up again like they they replenish and then i just what time play. is that is they, that 24 hours from your personal clock or like so it's like three times a day so oh my god so like <laughs> they replenish two daily challenges every like eight hours maybe or something like that and yep. so i wait until they're all back and then i play all in a row because I, then i get a bunch of like currency or whatever and then i just wait for the next day and, like, if I have five minutes here or there, I'll play a match. But it's not, like, something that I really need to do. But it's awesome. It's just, like, a fun, like, oh, you're, you know, 
You can play it in waiting a snap. for the microwave to you know finish heating your food. Like you can just pop in a game. Like it's really 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 easy. And I'm not a big mobile game person either. For me, I got into it because a podcast I listened to talked about it, and they're like, "Yo, if you like Gwent, which was one of my favorite parts of The Witcher, they're like you'll like this." I was like, "Okay." I'll give it a try, and I love it. It's so good, so so good. Oh, oh man. Okay, I might. I mean, I feel like I'll eventually try it, but I I'm gonna hold myself back. Okay. Because of the the schedule that's happening in the next couple months. Um, so one of the games that I've had a high high with. So I mean, it, I would say surprisingly, but not that surprising at the same time is disney dreamlight valley so y'all know your girl loves farming sims yeah and i just started the show gushing about disney mm-hmm. like disney i'll t- they are my overlord i accept them um but disney dreamlight valley is a game made by gameloft that typically makes i think mobile games in the past um but this is a game that they created that came out in early access in september um, and if you don't want to pay for it, you can wait in like a year. It's going to go. It's going to be free to play. It's on all platforms, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. And it's literally a game where you create your own character and then you live in a Dreamlight Valley um, with your with Disney characters. You go and you do missions for them. You invite them to live in your neighborhood. You try to figure out the mystery of why everyone abandoned the village in the first place. And, you know, you become friends with them. You do tasks, mining, cooking, fishing, farming, nice. all the things, digging. I'm like, whatever about digging. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is, it is, it's, I love it. I freaking love it. It's basically there's a lot of quality of life improvements compared to Animal Crossing. You can craft with items from your storage. What? Like you can. um, There is an energy mechanic, though, that is sort of annoying. But you can fix that by every time you go into you enter your home, you can um, power up your energy bar. When you eat food, you power up your energy bar to do the tasks that you need to do. Um, But there's just so much joy and like understanding that went into making this game you know people that like i feel like people who have played and enjoy farming games or life sim games have contributed to how this game functions and i really appreciate it i will say however it is buggy af it Mm. literally crashes on me at least hourly and it's still i'm still living my best life in this game it is like actually it's crazy to me because when Cult of the Lamb started crashing on me, I got very discouraged and like would have to like put it down because um, I was like, oh, I can't even progress. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop playing. But Dreamlight Valley, I legit time to reboot it up. Like it crashes. Like okay, let's reboot. Let's see how far I need to redo whatever I was just doing. It's like kind of weird. I like kind of don't understand how my brain works with that. But yeah, I. I I love this game and I it was I'm so happy I paid for early access. I do have to say audience, I paid 
there's a $30 tier, a $50 tier, and like a $70 tier. It's either 70 or 80. I went the $50 tier route and I actually like very much regret my decision. I should have only paid the $30 tier. Um, the, the more you pay, the more like cosmetics you start out with and more of the in-game currency you start out with. I wore the special outfit that I got in the beginning for like literally an hour and then threw that away or not, you know, not threw it away, but like changed into something else that I actually picked. So really, I really didn't need to be spending that extra $20 in this mm. game. Um, but I am looking forward to there are cross saves or not cl- cross saves. Cloud saves so you can cross play technically between consoles with your account. For some reason, um, I, so I bought it on my Switch. The PlayStation and Switch like or the PlayStation Cloud save isn't really functioning right now. Um, so I can't really do that. Plus also like I wasn't going to buy this game twice just to be able to play between consoles um but i do when it does become free to play i will get it on playstation and i will attempt to try to oh i should probably double check if there's a platinum but i'm gonna try to get all those trophies for this game or hope that they all are you still playing it now i am see this is the problem you need to drop it and play marvel snap Snap. if it's buggy why are you subjecting yourself to that marvel snap doesn't there's no bugs I have over 80 hours in that game. Yeah, so this is the question. Based on the current condition of the game, would you recommend people to pay for early access to play Disney Dreamlight Valley in case they like things like Animal Crossing? Or is it actually too detrimental, especially when it will eventually be free to play? So that is actually a really great question. And I'm going to say that I would recommend it to friends who I know would understand why it's so buggy and then I wouldn't recommend it to like the casual gamer that loves Animal Crossing if that makes sense um I have a friend that really enjoys Animal Crossing but I know I was like you should just wait till it's free to play um but then I have this other friend that's like plays other video games and loves Animal Crossing and I'm like buy it now like you know so I I think it's more of the fact that I don't want it to get such a bad rap. Like for someone who doesn't understand, like, why is this so buggy? I paid money. Like this shouldn't be buggy. It's early access. So like, I understand that. And I'm, you know, I, I really appreciate the devs for all the work that they're doing. I actually saw a tweet today. There was apparently some logon issues. And so they're going to actually like compensate players because of the issues that they were having. I think the last day or two, they haven't said what, how they're going to compensate players, but technically like I have, I actually paid for the, the acti- the pass they they do these like event passes and the the starting event pass when the game came out in September was Pixar themed I did not buy that pass because I looked at the items and I was like I love Pixar but the items that you would need to pay for like didn't really grab me this time though the update um in October was villains themed and I was like give me all this gear so I like paid for that so like technically because of any you know of the, any of the logon issues I've missed out on opportunities for me to kind of progress you know the tasks and stuff in order to to get my like items because you basically have to like do tasks to earn the like f- event currency to then purchase the ones that you want from you know the events past store and i really wanted maleficent's horn mm-hmm. like you know those horn, like basically her like horns on her head and yeah. so now i could i got them and so now my character can have maleficent horn 
<laughs> I'm just laughing at the absurdity of this game that I really enjoy that's really buggy. Mm. Um, but I think the, this is going to take the world by storm when it's finally free to play. Do you think, like, if it's still buggy, do you think it's going to take the world by storm? Okay, let me correct that. I'm hoping that once it's actually released and not early access, um, that it will take the world by storm. But to be fair, also, the pandemic was such a like integral part of, I feel like, Animal Crossing New Horizons success yeah. that yeah, it could exactly. be not the climate for it. But, you know. There's a way. It could yep. happen. That's true. All right. Do we got anything else? Anything else on the recommendation train? I have one more thing. I have one more thing. Okay. So this is a show. I really recommend Rings of Power. But I do have a caveat. If you are if you are a fantasy slash Lord of the, Lord of the Rings fan, I recommend Rings of Power. I really enjoyed watching the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the weekly element, actually, I felt sort of helped it a bit. Like, it gave me something to look forward to each week. And I also, like, there was mad speculation about identities of a lot of characters because some there were some mystery characters in the show. And I know that... Uh, the one beef that I have with it is that it had to condense the timeline for this story arc. And I actually think that that's a really big bummer because, you know, the whole point is like elves live essentially forever. Humans, hobbits, dwarves, you know, dwarves live longer. The people of Numenor live longer, but humans don't live that long. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's supposed to take across like a thousand or two thousand years. However, practically, having a new character like a new actor every episode because someone's dead and this is a new person doesn't make sense and i recognize that i heard a lot of people com- actually complain about um house of the dragon that they had so many time jumps and they did swap actors and so people didn't like that and i thought that was an interesting I thought that was interesting. Um, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. But yeah, for Rings of Power, I really enjoyed it. You know, they did some they did take some liberties with some plot devices and stuff, but I I really enjoyed it. And in fact, I enjoyed it so much that I ended up buying the extended edition versions of the Lord of the Rings trilogy because I've actually never seen the extended edition and I I really like Lord of the Rings, and so I was like, you know what? Now's the Big time. Big fan. No. Well, I'm trying to correct it. I'm trying to correct that. So. That makes my heart happy. What you need to do, and I, I posted on your Instagram when you posted something about oh, the yeah. extended edition. You yeah. need to start at 7 p.m. And then you'll finish, you'll start Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition. And then if you just keep going and then do Two Towers and then do Return of the King, you'll finish by 7 a.m. and you can have breakfast. Um, because that's what you're supposed to do. That's the way the Lord intended it. Because that's I was, what I did in high school. Okay, I was up like, on that seems Mountain crazy. Dew and pizza. <laughs> I, me and like twelve friends, we got there at seven p.m., had dinner, and then just went straight through extended edition because they're like three and a half, four hours each. Like they How are did you intense. Stay awake? Because I was young, seventeen. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, and why can't I Dew. start at 7 a.m.? You, you, you <laughs> could. You could do that. You know, that's less intense. That's less intense. Well, two dinners. It's easier staying up than it is getting up, you know? That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I mean, that's I'm really true. happy that you talked about Rings of Power. I wasn't planning on doing it because I haven't finished it. 
because I stopped oh. to read The Silmarillions, which is what it's based on. Finished right. that, finally, and I just haven't gotten back to it. If you're thinking about reading it, don't. It is <laughs> rough, man. It is rough. Like, oh, so this that's is, a low, low? It, you're saying, like, don't? It's a low, low because it's like a textbook. It, it is, they are going through the history of Middle, of Middle Earth. Earth from the beginning until the time that Lord of the Rings happens. And so it is, it is just, it slogs for pages and pages and pages. It, it, it reads like you're reading the new, or the, um, the Old Testament. It's like, wow. so-and-so begat this person who begat this person who begat this person. Like it's, it's in that same vein of kind of that part of just kind of, it takes, it is just written in a very like old English style in a way that it's hard to follow and it's kind of the similar way that you're talking about you meet a character and then you're like okay you're learning a little bit about this character okay that character and then they're died dead. so now we're <laughs> going to talk about that character's grandson all right that person you know oh. him yeah yeah so they had a thing with this person and then he died um also those people they had a kid they died but then they that other kid had a cousin and that cousin went on to marry this other person who actually was important but it's like there's so much emphasis on that first start of the tree that you're like oh my goodness like it is taking a while um but now that i finished it towards the end of the book if you just want to there's a youtube video which i had i watched it after i finished it it's like this silmarillion in 15 minutes like poorly explained so good like it is the cliff notes version that you need and it will tell you everything that happened in like funny clip art style and it's entertaining at the same time and it tells you everything that you need to know and honestly like i want to restart rings of power because i think that there were things in the first couple episodes that i missed because i had no idea what was happening because i am a huge lord of the rings fan love it it's probably my favorite series ever but wow. I did not know anything that happened here because I didn't read this. I read Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. I read The Hobbit, but never read any of the extended universe, you know, that he Same. written, but then his grandson published after he died. Um, and you can really tell. You can really tell. Um, a good way of thinking about it, which I saw on a blog, was that if Lord of the Ring, or sorry, if The Hobbit was written in a sense of a Hobbit writing it, very like lackadaisical, very easy to understand. It's a super easy read. Silmarillion's is as if it was written by the elves, like a very higher thinking, very mm. dense. And then Lord of the Rings is a little mix of both. Like it's a little bit harder because of, of a the read, men, but it's awesome. It's written by yeah, men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm excited to go back. And I also just started subscribing to HBO Max because I watched a movie, um, which I won't really talk about because it's. It's a horror movie that I watched basically because it was Halloween. We could talk about it another time. Um, but I am so excited to watch House of the Dragon. Um, so, yeah, more to come on that. Did you prefer Rings of Power, I guess, over House of the Dragon? Personally, I did because I have so much nostalgia for Lord of the Rings. Like okay. you, I read The Hobbit and I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy and I enjoyed the movies um, when it came out when I was in high school. Um, and I really like the characters and the idea. I love the idea. I love fantasy. So I love the idea of, of elves and dwarves and all that. I mean, granted, I love dragons. Mm-hmm. Like I lo- I'm obsessed 
with dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, but my issue with House of the Dragon is that it's too much like medieval, like medieval times in the sense there's just so much incest, like just so oh. much of it. And I'm just like, okay. I understand that was a historical thing thing that happened because mm-hmm. people didn't understand genetics but like i was like it's very uncomfortable Got like it. you know i'm like ew they're related i don't know um but i did think rings of power or sorry i did think that house of the dragon was good okay um but i prefer i really really like rings of power um also one question i have for you do you think that you after reading the Silmarillion, do you like appreciate the fact that they're condensing the timelines because you know of how ridiculous like like you know like they have to right okay. like they there's no way like some of these chapters are hundreds of years in a chapter that is five right. pages like there is no way that they can possibly take that source material i did hear that their plan for rings of power is for it to be a five season mm-hmm. shebang which yeah. to me i'm like whoo man which it's good that they're kind of condensing this first section because the uh-huh. first section is the most dense it is the hardest to follow and the last few sections are really fun like they're really good stories like stories that i feel like are probably loosely based on like Shakespeare and and different things that you've heard of. Like they're not completely original stories, but I'm excited to see that in a more, you know, you know, I guess not silver screen, but you know, a screen (laughs) to see that on, on, on uh, On TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Moving ahead. Our last segment for today's episode. What are we looking forward to? Through the end of January 2023. And I I do this because, you know, you'd think, oh, if you're familiar with our show, we do an anticipated of the year episode. So obviously I don't want to get, get, I don't want to get too deep into 2023, but there are some things potentially coming out in January that I want to include, at least for my own selfish reasons. I just have two major things through the end of January that I want to mention that I'm absolutely stoked for. The first, obviously, being God of War Ragnarok. This is four and a half years in the making. And what I think will probably be my game of the year as God of War 2018 was my game of the year of that year. So very excited. I know that there are leaked retail copies out in the wild. I'm avoiding any sort of spoilers. Please do not spoil this in any way. Don't put it in the comments. Don't tweet us. Do whatever. Don't write in. I don't want to hear it. I just want to be able to enjoy this video game for the masterpiece that I can only expect it will be. Mm-hmm. And easily the other thing, you know, that's presumably in January, and that is the HBO adaptation of The Last of Us, which, you know, was leaked apparently to be coming out on January 15th to HBO Max. So I am excited for that. The games were phenomenal. I love Last of Us Part 1, love Last of Us Part 2, and I can only expect Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal to do a great job in bringing those characters to life on the screen. You know, that father-daughter story, even though you know, I don't have a daughter, I don't have any offspring whatsoever, but it's such a resonant story of family that I really enjoy, and I hope a lot of people, especially if you haven't played the games, you can enjoy the show as well. 
Here's my question, because those two are definitely on my list. So I don't want to talk too, too much because I, I completely agree with everything you said. I, I texted you guys earlier today, and I don't remember if you guys responded. If I have not played The Last of Us, should I play it before watching the show? I say yes, mostly because I heard they have they are slightly changing the story for the show, obviously. The way the game is formatted doesn't go one-to-one for a show storytelling format. So there's a lot of things that will probably be left out that were in the games and a lot of things that they're adding to the show that weren't in the games. And so I think you will get different experiences, but the act, especially the ending of part one, is something that is more impactful if you play the game just by the fact that it is a game instead of a a viewing experience. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And, and Sold. Yeah, I don't have any strong opinions about it because I've never played it and I won't play it. I'll watch the show, though. I'm totally down mm. to watch the show. I'm excited about that. So I have a number of things that I'm pretty excited for, but I think I'll the ones that I'm really, really, really excited for is our Pokemon Violet. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons why I'm holding off on Marvel Snap along with God of War Ragnarok. Um, those two games are coming out like within a week of each other, but I'm so excited for Pokemon Violet. I am still unsure who my partner Pokemon is going to be, but I'm really excited to see. Way Coco for life. Okay. Quaxley all the way. Oh, dang. Well, I don't want to. Well, I don't want to be Sprigatito. It's literally either going to be Quaxley <laughs> or Fikoko for me. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm really excited for Pokemon. Uh, I loved Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, you know, other than Disney's Dreamlight Valley, like I thought Pokemon Legends Arceus was going to be my game of the year, but right right now Dreamlight Valley is. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Of course, I'm excited for Wakanda Forever. Like that oh. movie, I'm like mm-hmm. so excited for. I'm also really excited for the Knives Out sequel. Yes. Um, what is it? The Onion, the Glass, the glass Onion. onion. Glass onion. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm also excited for which the Witcher prequel that has like Michelle Yeoh in it. Like I'm not, I'm like a little bit perplexed about what exactly that is, but I heard, I mean, it's a live action show set in the Witcher universe, so I'm actually like, like I'm really excited about that. And then Fire Emblem Engage. In January, I am so excited. I've been waiting for the next Fire Emblem game. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses was my game of the year that year. It came out. I think that was 2019, and I'm really looking forward to see what improvements or changes they've made to the new Fire Emblem. I still see that we kind of. It looks like we have a base still. Um, what's really interesting to me is that I think relationship building is going to be like pretty big. I mean, the fact that it's called Fire Emblem Engage and you have like partner rings. With characters, I'm like, what is this? I mean, I'm kind of here for it mm-hmm. because I loved um, the 3DS Fire Emblem games where you would pair up characters and they would make offspring who would then you would recruit into your army to fight the evil dragon. Uh, so like, and then oh, wow. the offspring, <laughs> Matt, the offspring, their hair color would change depending on the mom. So ah. like, they would always look the same way except their hair color would be dependent on the parent. So like you would get, yeah, in addition to their stats and their effect and bonus moves and all that stuff. But um, but yeah. Oh, and Marvel's Midnight Suns. I think I'm, I, I might be a little bit, uh, a little bit lukewarm with Marvel's Midnight Suns only because of like how jam packed it is into 
um the like the end of the year because final fantasy crisis core also comes out that i'm really looking forward to. like any like basically there's like two video games i like how you're just like um, it, saying every everything. single game I that comes do. out in the next two months <laughs> the triple a title they're only triple a's um there's a lot to be excited for actually like i'm mm. re- I, like i can't wait to just play something again yeah 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 i'm I my list is basically a mix of both of your alls. Um, God of War Ragnarok is going to be my my go to. It is it is the biggest chance to dethrone Elden Ring as my game of the year. It is it is a tough battle. I do think that it's going to win narratively for me over Elden Ring because I don't think that's what the strengths of Elden Ring is. But I I think that it's going to be up there. It's definitely going to be in my top six unless they really just like lay an egg Miss, right at the end um, landing yeah yeah so i think that's definitely going to be the big game for me i'm really excited for crisis core because i've um i was really pumped that that was announced uh, that was like a psp title so i'm excited that it's like actually on to like an, the, an an actual console that we can play um i don't think it's going to be a very big title which is good yeah. For me, I, I yeah. think that to me is like a positive now. And I'm so pumped for Glass Onion. Like I, Knives Out, yes. the Knives Out formula needs to stay. I, I love the whodunit. That is something that Same. never gets old. Oh, never God, gets old. I love a, I love it's, a mystery. It's honestly just so good. I, I just can't find a fault for that. Um, another thing that I'm really looking forward to that has already released, but I have not started it, that I want to give a shout out to is The Mole. Did you guys ever watch that growing up? Is a no. reality TV show where say you have 12 oh, people. Oh, yes, I do. I am aware yeah. of that, yes. So you have 12 people. These 12 people, they are all working together, except one. So 11 people are working together to gain as much money as possible so they get they go sent out on missions to go do things cooperatively. If they do it well, they get a ton of money that gets added to the pot. The more money... At the end of the season, the bigger the payout for the winner. The problem is, there is someone in their midst that is trying to sabotage every single mission along the way, and that's the mole. You, you as the audience, have no idea who it is. It could be anyone, and you're trying to figure it out at the same time they are. At the end of every week or whatever interval that they use, everybody takes like a standardized test on the mole. And they say, if Alex say if Alex is the mole, and they say, um, the mole, what did the mole do on the first mission? Did they carry a basket? Did they um, throw a hoop? You know, like did they like what did they do? What was their task? And you have to think through who you really think it is. If Alex, if I really think it's Alex, I'll try to do the quiz based upon Alex. And then the closer you are, you're safe. But the people that are far away from who they think the mole is get eliminated. So each week, someone gets eliminated, someone gets eliminated, and you're trying to compile as much cash, and the mole is trying to sabotage as much cash. Because I think if they they get the amount of payout or something that they sabotage, it's awesome. It is one of the best reality TV shows out there. Um, Anderson Cooper used to be the original host back in the day before he went to CNN. And so, oh, yeah. So it's back. So it's back, and it's Netflix picked it up, and there's a whole season, and it is. I'm so excited. Like it is on my to do list. As like this week, to do, I need to watch it. 
and now wow. it's on my to-do list. Not for really? this week, but I, I will also watch that someday. Nice, nice. Is it I, because... I, yeah, it's because the way I didn't remember the name, but Matt mentioning the title and explaining it very briefly rejogged all of my memories of watching it on television when I was younger. So, yes, that was definitely something that I tuned in. Not uh, very religiously explicitly a wa- yeah. yeah not religiously but definitely was something oh yeah this is an interesting show this is like among us before mm-hmm. you know among us was popular these days right it, it's the classic whodunit but it's like a reality tv show of whodunit and i just love it i just love it and so netflix so you can get started now even better on demand did you ever end up getting that apple tv subscription for yeah. six months matt yeah i did did you watch the after party? I have not. I have not. Dude. That's a whodunit. It. Okay. You okay. need to do it. I need you to do it. And that's a, those are 30, 30 to 40 minute episodes too. Ooh, you good. really need to do yeah, it. Yeah, I really need to do, need it do it before the end of the year. I need to see that on your top six. Okay. That okay. needs. It might be there. Just, it might be there. I'm just saying. Are you in, interested in Fire Emblem Engage, Matt? I am. I am. Okay. I don't know I if it's happening. This he's time. already married. You know, he, yeah. he's <laughs> I already got engaged. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention, <laughs> Tiffany. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Oh, so you, I just don't, you don't know, know if, if it's, it's going to happen, happen. Mm-hmm. in January or just at all. It depends on how the rest of this, like, November, December goes, like, if my backlog gets because there's also things this year that i haven't even played like i still have yet to play horizon forbidden west and like that is a game i really want to check out and it's like if that goes on sale in january which it could whew, i might just have to play it like there's just so many oh, things that like could go okay. wrong and all of our future co-op experiences yes you know, that, yes that we'll eventually That's talk true. about on this show yeah Correct. exactly we'll we'll sprinkle for next time all right, with that, that brings us to the end of episode 71. If you enjoyed us, you know, give us a like here on YouTube or give us a positive rating if your podcast service allows for it because I think Spotify does. I don't know if any other podcast service has a rating system. I think Apple does, maybe. Oh, sure. Apple Podcasts. There you go. Uh, if you want to write in, you can leave a comment on the video or you can write in, tweet us, rxp underscore podcast or email arcspeed.podcast at gmail.com until next time take care